Welcome to Submerge, the podcast. I'm your host, Leia Leone. Join me as I sit down with kinky people from kinky communities and share kinky stories. We will submerge ourselves into BDSM culture, covering trends, experiences, education, and more. We'll talk with every side of the slash, from newcomers to leaders to everyone in between. Follow us on Instagram at sub.mergelife for updates and info. Now strap yourself in or strap someone else in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Leone, and I am so honored to be joined by not one but two amazing kingsters today. Princess Askhole is on again, which I'm so, so happy to see you again. And her partner, Chris, is here as well. Hello. 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 Um, Okay, so I'm going to grill you because you've never been on the show before. And I think everybody needs to know a little bit more about you. So we'll start with the general basic ass bitch questions (laughs) that I ask everybody. Um, How do you identify and how long have you been kinky for? Uh, I identify as genderqueer, and that is both my sexuality and my uh, gender. Um, and I have been kinky for probably my entire life, but I've been in the community for uh, 20 years now. Okay. Wow. That is a long time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. I was going to say, you do not look like a day past 29. So I'm like, when did you get in? <laughs> Well, that's really cool. Okay, so tell tell me how you even started in the community, because 20 years is a long time ago. There wasn't a lot of resources back then, to my knowledge. How did yeah. you figure it out? Well, so it is actually a story of lack of resources. So um, okay. I was leaving a partner, and um, I was 21 at the time, and I didn't have a place to live. Okay. And my friend, uh, who I later found out was also into some pretty weird shit, um, told me, I know these guys, they're into some really fucked up stuff, but um, <laughs> they'll let you live there if you'll clean their house. And it happened to be a an older gay male MS couple. Oh. And uh, that was my introduction to the community. So you just knew these people from a friend. You had no idea who they were before no. that? Okay, how no. does one make an introduction like that? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so uh, she took me over to their house and was like, Chris is interested in your room. And we chatted and I have always, obviously, I've been a member of the gay community for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, was back then. And, uh, you know, the fact that they were queer and they seemed to understand what it was like to be um, a young queer person without any resources and were willing to, you know, it wasn't even anything sexual or anything like that. It was like, surely I was um, essentially, essentially a service submissive, but not in name. Um, okay. And I got to, you know, have a place to live and they helped me kind of straighten my life out. So, wow. It was a good thing. That's really cool. And that happened a lot in the gay community, right? People just taking people in because I mean, back then too, and still now kind of, but back then, especially a lot of people didn't have places to go. They got kicked out and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't find a place to live. So probably pretty common for them and then for you to enter into that yeah oh wow okay so you weren't even considered their service submissive but you kind of fell into that role of what I think a lot of service submissives would dream of being asked to do 
Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you yeah. discover like what MS is and what DS is and what BDSM, like how dynamics work when you're living there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they hosted house parties. They didn't shy away from taking me places like the Eagle. Um, I became a very, very much a member of their family, but again, in everything but name only. Um, that was a point of contention back in the early 2000s when women in that community weren't allowed to be patched. Um, okay. And so it was, you know, a little bit of a, a thing. But um, yeah, but I, I, from day one, they were, they didn't hide who they were. And I had questions and they had answers. And uh, it was really, um, looking back, probably the most amazing experience I could have hoped for then. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. So you never had to deal with going to a munch all by yourself and sitting in your car for 40 minutes freaking out beforehand. No, <laughs> no, I just had to deal with uh, laying in my room at night and being like, what the hell did I get myself into? But <laughs> okay, that's fair. That is fair. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So how long did you stay in the house with them? For two years two years um, okay. and then uh yeah move it out on my own and um maintain ties with the community um obviously here i am still yeah uh but uh it was yeah, like i said it was it was a really really great experience okay that's awesome that's awesome okay so what did you do from there where did you got you got all that experience under your belt and knowledge and resources right there in your own house that you're living in you move out you're on your own what did you take from that experience to kind of push yourself into the community more? And like, where did you go from there? So by that point, I had a little bit of a reputation in the gay male community for being somebody who could be in their space. So okay. I still hung out at the, at the same bars and, and things like that. I still played with men. Um, I did some sex work um, out of the, out of uh, the community there um, and uh, kind of stayed tied in through those connections. Um, you know, as I got older and as time went by, you know, people, um, you know, passed away because back in the early 2000s, if you had um, HIV in the 90s, it was still a death sentence because you mm. hadn't had access to drugs for long enough for it to, um, I don't want to say matter because a lot of people got a lot of really great years um, after that, but mm -hmm. um, for long enough for it to be no longer a death sentence um, and moved on and, you know, uh, the groups from back then, you know, no longer exist. Everything's closed and, you know, what um, uh, kind of the gentrification of queer spaces didn't take away uh, the pandemic did. Mm. So, Gosh. Wow. Yeah. That is, I, that's something I don't think a lot of people realize is that what, what, what HIV did to the gay community, it, it had a huge impact, right? But then the pandemic, right? I mean, it just separated so many people and it really isolated people. Mm. Yep, absolutely. True. Absolutely did. Okay, so how many, uh, I, maybe this is a probing question. Um, how many dynamics have you been in? Um, so, I mean, the 20 years, that's a long time. <laughs> I mean, if we count that as a dynamic, uh, I can say uh, five major dynamics, four on the top side. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously dynamic play and shorter flings where somebody's exploring part of a dynamic, et cetera, not included, but, um, but five. Sure, sure. Okay. So that's a healthy amount. Did you learn anything from any of those dynamics? <laughs> uh, I hope. <laughs> we all hope. <laughs> 
<laughs> still learning. Have you met this one? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I learn more from her every day than I could ever teach. Um, sorry, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think you learn uh, new things from every person that you're with and take away new things and new experiences and uh, new skills. And um, sometimes new, I would never do that again. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Does your family know that you're like, are you out with your family about BDSM and kink? Uh, no, my family and I don't have contact anymore for the most part. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very conservative family. Mm. God. It seems to we're be that. Yeah, we're out with uh, her family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we've heard part of that story, which is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, there's more. There's more now. Yeah. Ooh, do we have more stories now? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Christmas was interesting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my, my parents... Chris has a corgi. We've seen him, Finn. Mm -hmm. My parents also have a couple of corgis, and my mom is, like, obsessed with them. And so she mm -hmm. has this whole wall in her house that's just, like, a photo collage of <laughs> different ages of these two corgis. And then there's, like, three pictures of me on the mantle compared to an entire wall of dogs. And so oh mostly I just like to give her shit about these these pictures of the dogs but I don't I don't wish to be perceived most of the time <laughs> so it was honestly okay that there weren't that many pictures mm -hmm. of me but like uh, the biggest one was like my glamour shot from when I was like 14 yes oh my god that's Media, awesome. you know, with the like <laughs> the really red bad. rose like color pop it's a it's yes. a I had, I had a snaggle tooth because this was pre-braces um so it's just a lovely picture to walk into so then for Christmas, I didn't even notice because it's by the front door and I don't face the front door very often that my mom had put up a new collage of photos Ooh. and it was mostly a mix of us two um, that she had pulled from my, my Facebook uh, of us largely in full leathers and collar. <laughs> Yep. And she knew she knows what that means because we also had that conversation. Oh my gosh. Conversation. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. So clearly she's okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know more about my parents than I want to. So <laughs> yeah. As a result of that conversation, yeah. just because we told doesn't mean you need to. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they take that as an open invitation to share. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Mom, is the president of the PA Booster Club. So yes, she absolutely is. You know? oh, I love and, that. I love that. That's so cool. That's so cool. I hope that we can all get there someday and have family. I so too. It's, it's an interesting experience. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well then on that, can you tell the story of how you two met and how you got to where you are now? Sure. You yeah. Yes, I'll there. start it. Um, yeah. We met on a dating app. Ooh. Um, oddly enough. Oddly enough. Um, which How very progressive the, of you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. At the time, didn't have anything about me being leather on it. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I did, though. Ah. She did. So one of my first messages to her was, oh, you know, by the way, um, I'm a boy who likes leather. And, uh, and I said, and by that, I mean, I'm a daddy. And mm. that elicited a certain response. <laughs> By that, I mean, I'm a leather daddy. Yes. And I was like, 
Ears are, ears are peeking up. Yeah, we're ready. We're listening. Okay. Okay. Actually, your first message to me was about Ikea uh, and building Ikea furniture. I have a part on my like profile that I love to read Ikea manuals um, okay. because you you don't. And, and yeah. I'm a graphic designer, so I deal with pictures all day. So I yeah. get it. But, um, and it was about how they have friends who specifically mm-hmm. stockpile Ikea furniture for Chris to build because yep. they're that efficient at it. Oh. That was actually the first message I got. <laughs> and you can tell I'm a charmer from that. Yeah, I was gonna say that would that would reel me in real quick. <laughs> and then like the second or third message was about the leather daddy thing. And I'm like, I okay, you're a keeper. <laughs> Whatever's going on between IKEA and leather, like we're here for it. Well then it got better because we started talking about the things that we do and there oh, yeah. aren't a whole lot of people in the blood play community and I was like and she hadn't disclosed that yet and she asked me what I did and I said well primarily keening and blood play mm. and I think that cemented it yeah <laughs> yeah so that's awesome that's awesome yeah. so you're in the same area you met on the dating app you just happen to have all these things in common that you didn't even know by the profile yet mm-hmm. that's insane okay so when do you meet up for the first time South Plains Leather Fest about three weeks later. Might as well jump right into it then. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I'm teaching and volunteering, so I'll be there. And Chris was like, twist my arm. Why don't you? I'll meet you there. And so we ended up uh, linking up there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't didn't really have a whole lot of time to get together that weekend for many reasons, Mostly because I run around with my head cut off like a chicken <laughs> uh, between like teaching, I think I was teaching like three or four classes and then I was the TNG liaison. And so I ran like three socials mm-hmm. that weekend and mm-hmm. just like trying to eat, breathe and nap in between all of that. Yeah. Um, so we ended up having like our first official date, like the week after South Plains. Okay. But yeah, we, li- we lived like 12 miles away from each other. that's convenient that's awesome that's awesome okay so where do two kinky people go on a first date a really shady cajun restaurant (laughs) (laughs) i did not suggest this restaurant i i asked i was like do you like cajun you were like yeah and i was like great there's this place i've never been to i don't know that i'd go back but uh it was okay (laughs) it was good well, that's yeah. good. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. So then were you kind of looking for a dynamic right off the bat or did you date for a while and just kind of see where things went? I'm a top who gets involved with other tops a lot. I like people who are also uh, kind of have that energy. So I wasn't expecting that mm. from my toppy date here. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that we would have a great egalitarian relationship and mm. um, maybe co-top some. Maybe we'd find somebody to be in a dynamic with us. Um, you know, the thoughts that go through your head when you're thinking about, like, where could this go? Sure. Um, and then somebody... I went and fell in love, damn it. Oh, <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> right in the gut. Yeah. We had very, like, non-vanilla dates at first, though. Mm. like or or very vanilla dates at first so we Mm. had that dinner and then like I think like the week later or the next day maybe I don't remember it wasn't the next day it was a week okay at least a week later at least a week later um I was like do you like antique malls (laughs) and they were like yeah and I was like cool uh there's this uh 
well, first I met you at this, there's a, there's this little like gothic vampire uh, store here called the Glass Coffin, and they have all mm-hmm. sorts of like oddities and witchy shit. It's owned by these two like very gay leathermen, like very clearly, but they're very into vampire stuff. And they were having like an outdoor market thing. Um, so we hung out for there with there for a little bit, and then we went to go to this antique mall. I joked about purchasing her a collar there. Yeah, <laughs> we hadn't even kissed at this point. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we went to this antique mall um, a few miles away because I love old things. Um, and I also really like... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's about a 10-year age difference. So. Okay, that's good to know. Okay. Uh, a, a little less than by like a couple of months. But um, so I like going... I like old things. I collect vintage Pyrex. That's one of my like weird little hobbies in life. I also like finding like old leather and I also collect coach. Um, so I spe- specifically like finding vintage coach purses. Um, and we were walking around and like desperately trying to not touch each other because we're both <laughs> really fucking awkward. Yeah. But we both like had this like very instant kind of chemistry. And we ended up kissing there and it was like literally... Like, when you're watching those movies and something happens, like, uh, the first thing that comes to my head is, like, watching um, That's So Raven, like, when I was a kid. And, some like, a vision would happen. and Or when she, like, touched something and then, like, mm-hmm. a thing would happen. It was, like, my life, like, like reversed all of a sudden. Oh. And we both were, like, what? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I I, I am very much in love with this person and it, I still feel that that same feeling of like that sinking in the gut and like literal electricity mm. and like gonna puke but in a good way yeah yeah uh, a good yeah. puke yeah yeah a good puke and then, uh, <laughs> and then we ended up having dinner yeah. Um. I think a couple weeks later because you had to travel for work mm-hmm. and that's when we had our like spicy date um Mm. which also has funny stories so again it's really hard to find blood players um and so chris was like do you want to play with some sharps and i was like sure i've got a bunch and they were like lay me out what you think i would like and i'm like Mm. okay so i do this i take a picture of this i post it to instagram caption it date night the next day, my mother and my grandmother like it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. No, no. So that's a thing. Oh, boy. And then like my, my vanilla Facebook has a picture of me, and you can see that same table in the background. <laughs> like it's from that day. Yeah. Like it's from that day. <laughs> um, and I even, I didn't notice it at first, and Chris was like, you know that that table's behind you, right? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah. It was good. But yeah, and then that that first that first time. So I, I think I told you about this. Chris pierced my armpit. Like that was the <laughs> night. Oh, that was like our third date, like our yeah. third official date or something like that. Nice. Um, and then it was that's trust, by the way, letting someone do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you also stuck a fourteen gauge through my labia. I that, did. Yeah, that day too. I did right after. And then I was like, I think I love you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know what other way to define true love than that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Trust and love right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that really like sparked it all. And I mm. had been in like, not great. I had one dynamic prior from the bottom side and it did not end well. And um, so I've been always really hesitant to, to have, a bottom side dynamic again. I'm, I'm honestly not even a great top side dynamic <laughs> um, because I'm not a dominant person. I I have a dominant personality, mm, but yes. I don't want to be somebody's babysitter. And I'm like, listen, you're an adult. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna make you. You know, whatever. I will. Chris will make. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you make your own choices, and I'll. Yeah. Anyway, so I'd always been really hesitant from it, and. I think you have very few people walk into your life where you're instantly just like, that's the one. Mm. And uh, so this is a little bit of a vulnerable moment. Um, I have a little that I, I protect like very closely um, partially because she's my trauma keeper mm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, we were laying in my bed and we were just having a really like, unspoken intimate moment we weren't talking and we were just kind of looking at each other and Chris was like who hurt you and and I was like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I'm gonna tell you because what if that person listens um and uh at that moment I was like son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) I think a couple days later I was like I feel submissive with you and I was like what yeah so you're you're surprised by this I was shocked but in a good way because like Mm. as soon as I caught my breath about it like half an hour later because at first you know when somebody tells you something like that you're just like how do I feel about that Mm. um I was like wow like I love this person I really care about her um I could see a lot of great things in a relationship with her and this is a kind of relationship that I haven't had um in a while and I feel like it could be fun to explore. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. And it was also one of those, like, again, a lot of very similar things had to happen for us to end up at the same spot where we did. Like, mm. I moved from Colorado, like, the year after Chris moved from Boston. Yeah. And I had already been in the leather community in Texas for, like, over six years Mm. and then blood play and like all of these like moons were aligning yeah 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 it all just really felt serendipitous it is amazing and then in a person that you just mesh with yeah yeah and I I love the idea that we're all being prepared for Mm -hmm. that someone or that moment, right? Like even if it's not even a person, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a position in the community, maybe it's, you know, owning something, leading something, whatever. But everything we do is somehow integral in in getting us to that point. And when it's when it happens to two individuals, and then that seemingly is what like you end up connecting and you're like, oh my God, I had to go through all that shit in yeah. order to be the, in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Oh. And that, that's actually something I said very early on. So that work trip that was kind of between our, our dates, um, 
Chris was like, why do you like me? I was like, I think that you and I have had to do a similar type of growth mm-hmm. to get to where we are now to, to finish that with each other. Ugh. I wish you could feel the amount of goosebumps I have on my <laughs> entire body right now. Cause I love like, stories like that. And it's like, so I was born in Oklahoma and like we were literally went through like the timeline of our life. And like, yeah. we lived in Oklahoma at the same time. We lived in Minnesota at the same time. Like, wow. And then I had, I left Texas and then came back and we were back in Texas mm-hmm. at the same time and a lot closer this time. Yeah. It yeah. was just kind of, it was kind of a, it was very strange, you know, wow. like, uh, you know, you're following this person your whole life yeah. and you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think that, well, we used to live in the same state. I wonder if there was any, I wonder if there was any possibility we, we ever saw each other. We used to go to the same mall. Yeah. We used to go to the mall that I worked at Isn't around that time I worked there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so wild <laughs> to think about. Yeah. Like you could have just walked right by each other and it is like a movie. It's like no one, no one knows. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's cool. And that's a beautiful story. And oof. Yeah. I've got goosebumps and shivers all over my body. I love it. And it it was just one of those, like we met online and then happened to just merge in every way that we already were. Yeah. 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 You just fell into alignment with each other. Oh, that's, that's remarkable. How awesome. Pew, pew, pew. Today's episode is sponsored by the wonderful folks over at Dyadict Rope. Dyadict Rope has great products over on their page. Visit dyadictrope.com to find a beautiful assortment of colored rope, handcrafted metal suspension rings, and low temperature wax for play. And they even have blacklight reactive colors that are super fun to get creative with. The best part, if you head over to dyadicrope.com now and enter the coupon code SUBMERGE at checkout, you can save 15% on your next order. Head over to dyadicrope.com, D-Y-E-A-D-D-I-C-T-R-O-P-E.com. Be sure to use that coupon code SUBMERGE at checkout, and you're going to save yourself 15% on some pretty amazing products. Okay, so you've been, you've been together... You said it was SPLF 2022 or 20 last year. Last year. Okay, so you're coming up on your uh, your anniversary yeah. here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Um okay, so a year in, that's it's awesome that you met, you aligned, you clearly have a lot in common, you clearly mesh well. And then you just chose to take on producing an event together. Because that's what people in a relationship do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. us all about that. Well, well I, I guess like, so. I'm I'm the I just stepped down in November as the Rocky Mountain person of leather. Yeah. Um, and the POL title system ended up having a huge revamp. So we ended up getting a new executive producer after not really having any producership for three years okay Um, and the at the time producers realized like we can't take care of this anymore we need we need somebody else to take the torch and pol for people who don't know is person of leather yes and it's the heartland heartland brand it's heartland person of leather that's the event 
so the one that we're producing, yes, gotcha. Is the okay, is, is the regional title. Um, and so POL, the the POL circuit tends to be regional. So there's Northwest, Southwest, Rocky Mountain, Heartland, now Midwest, Southeast, Northeast. Wow. Uh, okay. And then I think we're doing a. No, maybe that's it. That may be it. It, it restructured okay. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Um, so I stepped down from that and I, I had, I, I love this title system. I love that it doesn't matter your gender, your race, your sexuality. It's not a vanity title. Like it, it is just, you are a person of leather. It's a community service title. Mm-hmm. And so I really believed in the mission of that. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to keep going in some capacity. I didn't want to have that I didn't want another title at least from the the POL side of things um and so I was trying to figure out honestly how I could help with IPOL so International Person of Leather which as of 2024 will now live also at South Plains Leather Fest along with the International MS oh okay okay yeah so Tomo ended up getting executive producership of the POL uh family okay Um, and I had for a while felt like I could, maybe that's where I wanted to go was to be a title producer. And Tomo talked to both of us at our step at my step down at Rocky Mm -hmm. Mountain Rebellion and was like, I think you should talk to the people who run Gwyn Bash and see if they'd be willing to hold uh, a title contest because Gwyn Bash isn't necessarily a leather conference it's very just kind of general kink bdsm alternative Mm -hmm. lifestyle friendly it's not necessarily leather and so um literally like a week after i got back from utah i was like in a meeting with them and we were like figuring out what it would look Mm -hmm. like and we had to put in a um, application to produce and Uh, get that approved and get that all settled so we got like the official go-ahead early december early yeah beginning of december and then it was announced after the new year but yeah so it's it'll be held at gwen bash and gwen bash is when it is july 20th (laughs) through the 23rd okay it is the uh technically the fourth weekend in july because the first was on a sunday okay Um, so yeah the 20th through the 23rd in austin Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So Heartland was previously at Oklahoma Leather Fest, and then uh, Tomo um, wanted it to have a different home, and so we yoinked it and threw it into Austin. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So can you explain in somewhat pseudo layman's terms uh what goes into producing an event because i i don't even really know either when i heard producing i'm like is that just the guy that like stands at the side of the stage and makes sure everybody goes on in time i don't know i don't know what goes into producing an event so that's a stage manager ah (laughs) that's what i want to (laughs) do you go you get off (laughs) yeah um so i mean same uh, <laughs> um, I, I've never produced a title before okay. and Chris definitely have not definitely hadn't. You didn't even know cons existed for quite a long time. I'm a bar leather person. Oh. I had seen bar titles like, right. Like yeah. Eagle had one. But these kind of like larger event titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And so I'm really coming at it from the contestant side of things and going, okay. And breaking everything down from the other side of being like, okay, so we have the executive producers. What, what are our jobs? Um, you know, we need to put an application together. We need to put together the expectations of the title, making sure that that's out to the public, like being the face of this. Mm -hmm. And then we get down to like the nitty gritty of being like, okay, so we need to delegate and how we, we need judges. We need um, somebody to take care of the judges, uh, which is also where my mom comes back in. That was funny. Um, <laughs> this just keeps getting better. I, yeah. So again, you can't make it up. At Christmas, we had to go take a phone call with Tomo, and we come back out and we tell my mom what's going on. She's like, "How can I help?" <laughs> and I was like, "I think you'd be really great at like hospitality." And she was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "You just make sure that the judges have food and." water you know and things like that she's like oh I can do that and we started planning like a menu like immediately oh my god <laughs> this, is, this is amazing I love this right <laughs> so we have hospitality and then we have you know somebody to wrangle the contestants making sure that they mm -hmm. have a liaison between the producers the judges and anything else that needs to happen that is coming from one person to the contestants mm. Um, we need a stage manager because this is a production. It's an actual event. Yeah. There's pop questions. There's fantasies. There's speeches that happen on stage. There are performances that will hopefully happen. And all of that. And then, boom, we get a title. Well, like All of the pre-work of scheduling everything and yeah. making sure it works with our host space and our host um, events, our host cons events and, and all of that. So it's a lot yeah. of pre-work. The and the timing yeah. between the last class of the day and the start of the play party. There's, mm. a, there's a lot that goes into it. And that's yeah. where I, I come in. Like, I seem like maybe I'm an odd choice to do this. Um, but I, uh, I have a, a job where I'm an executive in corporate America. And my job is literally wrangling people all day long. Oh, and nice. so, <laughs> so I am good at that side. And nice. somebody else in um, our family here is really great at being the face of things. So together, we kind of make a, a dynamic duo where... Um, I like telling people of, what to do. And somebody thinks I'm somehow the dumb in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like other people what to do. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Certain people, certain people what to oh, do. Yeah. Specific people what to do. Yeah. Oh, I, had, I had a lot of event experience, mm -hmm. like event um, organizing uh, experience because I ran TNG Dallas for like four years. I yeah. helped out with TNG Denver for a couple of years. I put on these, these TNG liaison experiences mm -hmm. throughout South Plains. And so that type of organization was not lost on me ever. Mm -hmm. um, but breaking down a title contest from the contestant side was like, okay, we can do this. And we're also going to change some things because from a contestant side, this is not okay. Mm. And we need to make sure that we are taking care of our contestants and setting better expectations and not just having contestants to have contestants. We want quality people to, to represent us um, mm -hmm. and kind of changing our rules, which we were allowed to do um, and, yeah. and breaking everything down. But yeah. the, it's mostly pre-work. Yeah. And making sure that things aren't exploitative from any angle, right, yeah. of our contestants, of the judges, of, of anybody else who's going into this, and, yeah. um, and that everybody is, you know, just generally being taken care of and, yeah. and has a good experience. Nice. Yeah. nice. Like uh, one of the, um, really the only expectation for 
the the pol title um at least ours and it was the same for rocky mountain was that your only contract contractual obligation is to participate in international everything else is up to you okay and we ask that you represent the title well um and you we also understand that life happens and if life happens in a way that you feel like you can't represent the title anymore you know we have another person hopefully to to pass it on to but we want to make sure that it's accessible because title runs are expensive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they can be and some title contests require like all of this travel or representation across the board and And it's really expensive and then they don't get funded either Mm -hmm. and we just we want to make sure that our people are still like supported as people but also title holders Nice. Nice. Okay. So then being a regional title and I, sorry, if I don't know this, um, can anyone run for this title or do you have to have something already under your belt in order to enter into this? No, we don't have a feeder yet. Okay. Um, we hope to have feeders, but, um, and a feeder meaning that there is like a local contest to win to then uh, run at regional. So if you had a state title and then you'd gotcha. go regional and then international, some titles have that, like, like IMS, like you go like Colorado, then Southwest and then international, right? So you go local, right. regional, international. Right. Um, so we don't have any feeders right now. Uh, we hope to, but all you have to do is be 21 and up and live within that region. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. So how do people find it? If they want to sign up, how do people find out what they need to do and where they need to go? Yeah. So it's heartland P-O-L. So H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D-P-O-L.com. The site is up. You can fill out an application. It's just the Google doc. Um, We do require two references to be added. So um, no applicant will be accepted without them. We vet the people we're com- we are um, having run. Good. Um, again, we want to make sure they're actually active in their community and um, they are who they yeah. say they are. Their character is who they say they are. We, we want to make sure that those people are, are honest and quality people too. Right. Um, but the contestant guide is on there. You can read all about it. You can email us if you want to as well. Ask questions. Ask questions, comments, concerns, queries. We're all available. Especially for the query part. (laughs) The query part, yeah. The query part. I love it. I love it. Okay, good. So people know where to go. Um, I'm going to ask the most important question. What does the entertainment look like for this event? That is a good question. Oh, do Um, we not know yet? Is it a surprise? No, not exactly a surprise. I think we have hopes of -hmm. what we want it to look like. Okay. Um, But we have to also, this is the other part of production, is that we don't get to just arbitrarily do all of this. We have a a board that we have to work with. Uh, Gwyn Bash is the event. Okay. Uh, Gwyn, G-W-N-N, Gwyn Bash. Uh, It's actually a birthday party for the group Gwyn. It's actually their 30th birthday party this year. Nice. Um, and as somebody who's about to turn 31, that's real fun. Um, <laughs> but um, so we're, we have to work with the board yep. to make sure that it fits within scheduling. And then we'll kind of fill in that we are hoping to fill in the entertainment spots in between. Um, yep. The contests that I've been to, we have like local entertainers like um, 
drag queens, burlesque. Um, burlesque. Yeah. Uh, some comedy. Yeah, some some kinds of things. The Sisters yeah. of Perpetual Indulgence kind of do performances oh. sometimes. The, yeah. The the imperial or royal courts um, sometimes are involved in some capacity. Um, so we're hoping to kind of pull from those pools to have a, a few performances uh, in between those. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I'm sure whatever you guys come up with, it'll be awesome and it'll be a fun yeah. time. How cool. How, how yeah. cool. Uh, okay. So I want to, I want to jump to another topic because we've we've said the words blood play probably like (laughs) 10 times and i'm i need to hear about some fun blood play scenes that you guys have done together and what what would be considered your favorite besides the armpit piercing because clearly i know princess asshole that is your favorite one and nothing could ever top that it's just Um, funny it's just (laughs) it is funny (laughs) I mean, I feel like the one that sticks out most in my mind is the first time that we co-top. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that is a particular joy in my life now is getting to co-top with this human because we are sadistic in very, very different ways. And, and it's really fun to play off of each other. Um, we have a chemistry there, too. Um, but we were um, going up north to um, play with somebody who PA has played with before and I had met but hadn't played with. Okay. Um, and just kind of designing the scene in the car ahead of time. Um, and, you know, based on what this person had kind of wanted and just like her shooting an idea and me shooting an idea and then, and then back and forth. And um, I don't know, it ended up uh, being a really, really cool scene. This is the point of the program where I go ahead and give that trigger warning that we should have given earlier the last time we had a conversation. Yeah. About yeah. <laughs> so pause here if you don't want to hear anything more about blood play. But if you do, here we go. So I love playing with this person because uh, I love when I get the opportunity. I don't care. Just fuck me up. Mm. And I'm like, deal. I'm like, bet. Bet. <laughs> So I really, I really enjoy watching Chris, Chris play from my own perspective. And so I was like, well, you start and I will kind of fit right in where I feel like I can. Okay. And so how did, how did you even start? I just the hand. No, no, no. I started by putting lines of needles down their side right, and right, through right. their arm. Right. Um, which you then sutured together. Yeah. Um, right. So their arm to their body. Um, and then I put some um, uh, some hypodermic needles beneath their fingernails oh. and kind of like those in and like mm. flicked at them and stuff like that. And they kept um, just uh, looking at them and I was like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it'd be really fun. It's the webbing of the fingers. Um, so that hurts a lot. Oh. Apparently, I've, I've never does. had it done to me because I don't bottom. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> It does, and it leaves a very special kind of bruise. Yeah, so I so I did that, and this person was just really like enamored with it, and kept like moving their hand around and like bringing it up to their face, and I was like, mm, safety issue. So I just like put it into there and tapped the needles. <laughs> oh wow! Oh a wow! Lot of here, so uh, not not a, not so dangerous, but um, and so they lost the use of that hand. Wow! Um, and then um, more fun ensued. Yeah. I don't remember how we got them onto the floor, um, but one of my favorite things to do, and I think I've talked about this, is um, like what I call micro bondage. And so I'll use needles sometimes 
uh, to create like fake sutures where I will like pin parts of their body to other parts of their body. Um, Or I will use like embroidery floss and use it as like a tension point. So you can kind of wrap it around the Mm -hmm. base of the needle as it's in the skin. And like all of a sudden you have a little like tension point. Right. And so we intentionally brought down um, a chain hoist and uh, I brought some like carabiners of mine to have basically a bondage rig for Mm -hmm. partial suspension. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bondage step. So, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> so we got their arm like behind their back. Um, and so I like pinned their hand to their back in some way. I put a, I put a needle, I think in their calf mm-hmm. to help raise it up to the hoist. I think I might also in put one toe. in their toe. Yep. Yeah. And their big toe to, to bring that in. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I feel like you had done their forehead before we got I them had, onto the floor. Yeah. That's that's what it was. This is an integral part of the story is I had done yeah. um, facial needles and there was a lot of blood. Um, and so while PA is back there doing this, I'm like sitting up front with them and I'm the kind, and this is where she and I differ. Um, I'm the kind of person, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to laugh with you and we're going to have just a great time. And it's like, isn't this so much fun? Like you get to be in a pool of your own blood. Like it's great, but you know what? Keep your head up. And I was um, kind of pulling on their forehead a little bit to keep their face out of, out of their, their blood on the tarp there. And so that's when um, PA um, was very, very kind. Yeah. I'm a helper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if anybody knows anything about me, I'm a helper. Um, and so this person happens to, to have a, a shaved head. And I was like, they seem to be struggling with holding their head up. Uh, it's hard to hold your head up when you're when you're laying on your chest, yeah. <laughs> and when you needle in your toe pulling you in another direction. I'm sympathetic to that, so uh-huh. um, I went ahead and just popped a hypodermic in the close in their like occipital area, wrapped their head back to the to the hoist, and so <laughs> so <laughs> like, kind. That's so kind. It's very it's helpful. Such a great top. She's um, a giver. Uh, you know, and, and just enough, like just enough, only like, like two inches off the ground, right? Yeah. Just to keep them from not like aspirating in their own blood. Sure. Yeah. Um, which was pouring out of their face. Like they were literally face in a pool, like of their, of their own blood. It was, it was great. Um, and then, so because you keep this tension. This is where I add that it looked like a lot more blood than it was because it was mixed with spit and a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. Like, yeah, that's um, true. We well, on your bleeding. forehead, like when you do those those capillaries right there, mm-hmm. they, they bleed, they bleed a lot. way yeah. more than you would think. Yeah. This one, like that, my, my that's right my specialty. Side, it's those. But yeah, your right side will gush. My, my right side will literally like spurt. Oh, um, that's so cool. Well, I'm not out teaching at a con. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then because you have these like tension points, right. And it's a bit predicament, right. Because I also like to kind of connect two things to each other. And so like, you can either have tension on your toe or you can have tension on the tip of your finger, which one is worse. Mm. You can have some relief on your elbow or you can put your foot down, like, which one do you want? Um, and so we were kind of playing with that for a while and then you get kind of used to that tension and then you just rip them out. And then you get um, fun, interesting uh, experiences with that too. Um, but it's, it's all just with like craft embroidery floss, like for cross stitching. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what also kind of cracks me up is I just come into like a dungeon with a tarp 
all these needles and craft floss. <laughs> like are we making friendship bracelets or right. we might be right. suspending. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we could throw that friendship bracelet right in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. This particular person, I, I like sewed a rosary into their hand one time. Like it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to do this with them. Oh. Um, but yeah, that was the first yeah. time we co-topped and it was like, we both decided it was done when it was, and we just worked very well ar around each other the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, kind of individually doing a little bit of cleanup in between. Like we both knew like whatever was going on that that part was done. So we just kind of took it out and, you know, moved things along in this seemingly seamless process from start to finish like we had rehearsed it like we had rehearsed it and didn't literally plan it 15 minutes on the way driving 35 north like wow. <laughs> yeah. that's cool when they come together like that where it's just yeah. fluid and there's the good flow back and forth yeah. that's that's awesome so um another one of my favorite ones is one that's already been talked about on this podcast several times so. <laughs> by several different people and i know what you're referencing yeah I, I i found it funny that i'm the one who designed the scene and i was never talked to about it but <laughs> now is your time to shine please please there's a sacrilegious scene where we um healed some religious trauma through um stapling bible pages um to hellfire yeah so yeah i mean time. as one does stigmata you know right. yeah, so. those good forehead those needles. good forehead needles yeah yeah yes. so yeah yeah i had the blood. pleasure of watching that and that was that was incredible it was i was in the middle of getting shit put into me and poked and i was like we need to take a moment because i need to watch what's going on over here <laughs> so well i'm sorry we interrupted your scene. oh no 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 please do not apologize <laughs> it was delightful <laughs> it was like oh it's all happening at once this is great <laughs> Very, yeah, very, when you cool. get very few space. Actually, I think I think that was the first time I had seen specifically. Oh no, I guess Gwen Bash had one. Um, a like blood slash medical centered safer space. Yeah, like we weren't doing this in a main dungeon. We weren't doing this in a like women's only space. Um, this was specifically for like blood play mm -hmm. and walking into that room and like sharing that with everybody in the room who was there to support it, who was there to love it, uh, was also just really cool. Right. The energy in that room was something that was really special. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. And, and the smell in that room was amazing. Alcohol. Yeah. Leather, <laughs> alcohol, and blood. Yes. Yeah. 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 We put like air freshener in our house. Right. <laughs> just put it in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, that is something interesting. And I guess I haven't been a, to a ton of cons, but yeah, that would be my first experience being somewhere where the dungeon was partitioned off for a specific blood medical playroom. I've never yeah. seen that before. So that that is a nice, um, it does create a safe space for, yeah. you know, anybody coming in there that's they're generally into it or they're wanting to do something with it. So yeah, they're not accidentally walking in on right. someone just like blood raining down from their face or right you know getting an iv pull done you know yeah. anything like that um, yeah that is nice it's all really comfortable being in there yeah and we were all we were all kind of like interacting with each other too like yeah that was fun it was it, someone would it. yeah someone would laugh over on that bench and we'd all kind of giggle and then they'd be like did you hear that and we'd be like yeah we heard it ha, ha, ha. And we, it was all like we were all partaking in everyone's scene but not interrupting, just 
feeding off the energy. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, now we've hit the part in the show <laughs> where, Chris, you need to answer the lightning round questions. Oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. Great. <laughs> and even if uh, PA gave you a heads up, I have 10 new questions that have never been asked on this show before. Oh, so, wow. all right. All right. First question, texting or talking? Texting. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite day of the week? Saturday. How come? Uh, because I get to hang out all day with this woman. Aww. Perfect. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hang out with me all day. Every day. I but inside she's getting like the good throw up feeling. So you're fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, cake or pie? Neither because I can't eat sugar. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Except, what do you do for sweets? I, I don't. It's me. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh. Barf. Okay, that's a barf. <laughs> Except for the, like, late night. I want cake. And I'm like, baby, you can't have cake. Mm. I know, but I want cake. <laughs> so I get cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Want cake. Can't have cake. That's a bummer. Okay. Summer or winter? Winter. Really? Yeah, I'm from the north. I lived okay. in New England for 18 years. Oh, okay. That makes sense. See, I'm from the north too, and I say summer all day long because I'm from the north and I don't ever want to go back there. So I mean, I've, I've been here for three years, so I, maybe I'm nostalgic and I miss it. Oh, okay. Yeah, give it time. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Would you rather go on a road trip or a plane ride? Plane ride. Okay. Okay. Uh, top or bottom? And you can put whatever context you want on this. Top always. Okay. <laughs> uh, how many cups of coffee do you have per day? Uh, one, usually. Okay. But I drink a lot of Diet Coke. Oh, okay. Okay. So I more caffeine. Maybe a mm. cup of coffee, coffee a week. Maybe. Like it's almost zero a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You would know you make my coffee. Correct. <laughs> uh, do you have a particular party trick? Oh, geez. Oh, PA. <laughs> <laughs> <That was> <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now everyone needs to subscribe to the Patreon in order to see what just happened there. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going well, with. That's what we're going with. Okay. I guess this all right. We'll leave it up to the listener's imagination and anybody who subscribes, they'll, they'll like it. Uh, okay. Question nine. What's one thing you want to try at least once? Hmm. That's a good question. I have to say skydiving, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, heights though. I am afraid of heights, but that's why it would be once. Yeah. <laughs> one time and then we'd be done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, there's a place in KC that I know of. If you ever want to go skydiving, it's right here know how to hook you up with it so got it awesome uh okay last question what is something someone said to you that you will never forget um hmm. i mean there are so many things that people have said that that really strike me but i think um the first time somebody told me that i matter Ooh. That, that i really believed it yeah that's always good to hear every now and yeah. then mm. well you yeah. do matter that's good thank you i'm glad they told you that both of yeah. you matter. And I'm really, really happy that you joined me today because your love story is so cute. We're gross. It's, gross. it's so <laughs> gross and it's lovely and I love it. So 
Awesome. 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 Okay. Well, we're going to link the Heartland POL. Uh, yeah. Heartlandpol.com. Okay. We're going to link that below. So everybody knows how to find all the information that they need for the event. It is July 20th through the 23rd of this year. Yes. In Austin, Texas. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Indeed. Also, shameless plug, because yeah. we literally just launched it on Saturday. Um, if you're in the Austin area or visiting the Austin area, uh, Chris and I, so we've mentioned two events that we started. Okay. Um, we started a an inclusive leather club in Austin called Bat City Leather. Um, okay. For people who think that that's out of place, Austin is known for its bat population. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Bat City Leather, um, you frankly don't even have to be leather to participate, but we want to encourage a space that is open to everybody's leather path, whether you come mm-hmm. from the kink side, the bar side, the I was looking online and found a rabbit hole side. Mm past a leather bar and walked in like somebody did like actually someone did yeah that happened we want to have a space that celebrates that and also provides an opportunity for people to just learn and hang out and be in a a space like that so nice and find us on facebook or on fetlife okay Um, city leather okay bat city leather awesome okay well we'll make sure to link both of those below and everybody can go and check it out Thank you two again. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. Until next time, guys, we will talk at you later. Bye-bye. All interviews on Submerge are from consenting adults sharing consensual experiences from their life. All opinions expressed in today's episode are those of the individual giving them and should be taken as such. Always do your research before entering into anything potentially dangerous. Vet your partners and always negotiate thoroughly. We record all episodes unscripted. Please reach out if any potential corrections to information you heard today would help our community be safer and more educated. Contact us at lealeonemedia at gmail.com.